it's probably the easiest time for you to be able to become a millionaire um, in US dollars than any other time in the world. 26 years old? Just in 26, yeah. Whoa, man. Technology is exceptionally important. Like, the fact that there's still countries in the world right now that don't have access to Wi-Fi, and the minute they have access to Wi-Fi and they have access to fiber, it's gonna change the game in those countries completely. Hey guys, this week's episode is going to be epic because for Money Talks interviews, we've got an amazing person, Zarif Minty. I mean, this guy's CV is so impressive and is only 26 years old. Just in 26, yeah. Whoa, man, this is incredible. Let me read this out to you guys. <laughs> At 26, LLB graduate from the University of Witt, South Africa. Thought leader, innovator, he became the youngest national youth president in South African history at age 19. Speaker, media personality, has his own book called Empire and is the director CEO of four companies that he runs up to date at 26 years old. Zarif, that is amazing. Thank you very much for being here, mate. Thanks for having me, Nabil. Thanks. It's a pleasure, man. I mean, my, my brain goes mad when I think about what this list means to many people out there when they hear it. It really starts frying some. How do you do it? And to start that journey, I just want to know, at what point did you want to be an entrepreneur? I think I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Like, I think it was, um, you know, when you actually still in, in primary school and high school, I've always had that um, energy and feel towards entrepreneurship. So from the age of 15, I started up my first company. It's a clothing company. And I used to miss, you know, high school at some points. I used to miss like a day off school, come to Johannesburg. I used to live in the Northwest province in a small little farm town called Klegsdorp. So I'd leave school that day, go to Johannesburg, have a meeting in Santon, for example, at one of these corporate like firms or whatever it is. And you'd sit down with a marketing manager and maybe a projects manager in a huge boardroom and you're 15 years old and you're thinking to yourself like, oh, I just don't want to mess up right now, you know? And then you learn skills and you actually get better and better and better. And like after a while, after doing like five or six of those meetings or interviews or whatever, um, to be able to source work with them, you start to become better at it and you learn the skill. So I always believe in that concept that sometimes it's nice to just be thrown in the deep end and then learn from it in that sense. And at that point, throwing in the deep end, learning all these concepts are absolutely incredible and it we see this commonly keep coming up in a lot of successful individuals is that ability to keep learning. And another aspect of that is the drive that it, take, that it takes and the vision of seeing something at such a tender age. What was that image as you saw it in high school? Yeah. I, think, I, I think my golden plan or my ultimate goal in life has never changed since I was 12 years old. It was always the same thing. It will never change. For me, it's, I mean, you know, obviously doing well financially is a beautiful thing and building up and having amazing things in this world, you know, like having um, yachts and, and beautiful buildings. And that's what everyone dreams of, right? It's all Instagram lifestyle. But I think for me, how you measure success is the thing that will never change, which is how many people you can actually impact their lives in a positive way and directly as well. So how many people can you send to university? How many people can you send to school? How many people can you feed on a daily basis? That's success for me because that's quantified in a nice way. And I look at all of my mentors and I look at people I look up to, that's how they measure success. So I measure success in a very similar way. So I believe like being successful isn't what you see on social media and on Instagram. It's that level or 10 levels higher than that. You know, it's, it's when you're looking at the legacy and the legacy is very important. 
And you are part of that generation, Gen Z, growing up into technology. And one of the biggest issues that we're seeing is a lot of people are living on that screen and attributing success to those things, lifestyle, and what, what was different as you saw it as Zarif Minty leading onto entrepreneurship and what would your advice be to people that are kind of stuck there as that is the object of success? Yeah, I think, I think for me the first thing is it's quite nice to be open and adaptive to different environments. So I was fortunate enough to start up like a media company, for example. And the benefit of that is that you learn, and I'm sure a lot of the people that you're going to have on this show here as well is going to tell you the exact same thing, is that everything you see on social media isn't authentic. It isn't 100% realistic. People, you know, go beyond their means on social media. And that's an unfortunate thing. So um, what I really dislike about that aspect of social media is that a lot of young people, especially in high schools, they feel peer pressure. They feel a lot of, you know, anxiety towards fitting in and doing well. And that's what leads to a high, you know, suicide rate in South Africa and that's something that we need to work on but on the other aspect of it and looking at what social media has brought to society and the world I mean it's even Meek Mill was saying it the other day he was saying it's probably the easiest time for you to be able to become a millionaire um, in US dollars than any other time in the world um, mainly because of the number of opportunities and routes that you actually have to become successful looking at technology nowadays. So technology has opened up platforms for five-year-olds to become billionaires. I mean, there's a five-year-old on YouTube that goes and reviews toys every single day. And that child's making something like 52 million US dollars every single second day. So you, may, you own a billion dollar company before you even turn six. And that's the mindset that we need to start encouraging in South Africa. And that's a mindset that we need to encourage upcoming entrepreneurs but at the same time industries are changing right in front of our eyes i mean we've seen the last five years uh, to a completely new uncertain path for lots of industries lots of companies and they all kind of also need that direction and that aptitude to thinking towards the future and disruptors are coming in and changing the nature of the game. I'd say you're a disruptor with, with one of your companies, but we'll get to that soon. What is, how do you see the future? I think the future is going to change so much within the next 100 years. There's a book that's out currently at all of your leading bookstores, and it says, um, you know, what, where the world's actually going to be in the next 100 years. And, um, you know, air is a very important thing. Water is a very important thing. Technology is exceptionally important. Like, the fact that there's still countries in the world right now that don't have access to Wi-Fi, and the minute they have access to Wi-Fi and they have access to fiber, it's going to change the game in those countries completely. So old traditional media is still dominating in those countries. And you'll see in South Africa, we're starting to do that, 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 that shift, you know, the shift is starting to happen now where people are spending more time on YouTube, for example, watching your, your channel than going on to one of these channels that we don't really want to mention right now. But that's the whole idea behind it. Society has changed so much. Um, and we need to be able to adapt. So, you know, they say entrepreneurs have to have the ability to adapt to become successful. Large corporates have to adapt to become successful. Companies like Kodak, you know, companies that have done so well previously, your Nokias, those companies are now seen in more of the, they, they actually hold different um, positions or they hold different services now. They're no longer known for what they were known for, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, uh, mainly because they didn't adapt when they had, they were in power in that sense. So it's very important that we learn how to adapt as young people and as corporates as well. 100% adaptability, the ability to strategize and react to the changes around you is the definite key to 
thriving in an environment that's ever-changing. Zarif, as a lawyer that became an entrepreneur or an entrepreneur at 15 that studied law, was there a reason why you studied law and why you're not practicing it today yeah. in leading up to how you've created multiple streams of income through different businesses? I think, I think it's purely just down to passion, right? Like, I mean, law is a beautiful safety net. It's something that you can use in your life. It can benefit you in the sense of in business as well. I mean, every single business, when you have any conversation with anyone and you're planning on having a strategic partnership or having some form of an agreement, there has to, it has to be in writing. There has to be some form of an MOU or a contract. So it benefits you in that sense. But the whole idea of going out and actually primarily focusing on law and becoming you know a practicing attorney or whatever it might be it just wasn't my priority it was it was a safety net for me it was just a very important thing that I have it in place you know god forbid every business fails and now you have to go back and you know and it's really nice to consider that because it removes the anxiety that you might have when you actually in your business so now I'm very fearless when it comes to business decisions because I know that at the end of the day there'll always be an income source that I can always rely on eventually so I don't mind making you know drastic like risk averse decisions uh, mainly because of the fact that I know that if it fails there's always a second business or a third business or a fourth business and if all of those fail you can always go back to law and it's just that mindset that I always it's always good to protect yourself it's always very good to protect yourself Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, even in personal finance, having an emergency fund yeah. allows you the, the freedom of thought, the ability to let go of that fear. And we, we know that entrepreneurship is synonymous with risk taking. And seeing as you started a business at 15, that makes complete sense that you're a risk taker before you actually came into um, having the fallback. Um, what would you say is... What would you say to encourage people to push past the fear and start taking action towards their passions, towards the things that they felt like they've always wanted to do but are stuck in the most risky place, some might argue, is having a job with the risk of being fired or let go at any point in time. What would you help the viewers of the channel consider in, in just taking the next step with everything that's ahead of us in the world? I think there's so much of advice around it, right? But I think I just want to touch on some points. So point number one would be that um, it's always important to consider where you are in your life. And everyone goes through different phases in their life. Everyone has different circumstances. You need to understand that there's no blanket statement. Yes, there's a lot of rules and framework that can help you to assist you to get onto the next level, but you always have to look at the position you're in um, before making that decision. So, you know, I, I do believe in the concept of going out there and learning from people who have done it before and mentors and, you know, watching great content, but there's that 5% that you, a lot of people forget to look at, which is the fact that, I mean, if you now, you know, 21, for example, you don't necessarily have the skills to be an entrepreneur. Yes, it's always nice to, you know, jump into the like deep end and start swimming. But it also makes a lot of sense because you're 21 that you can go to a corporate company, learn, get all the experience that you might need to get, learn how to be able to build up relationships, um, 
networks learn how to build up your own contact list you know and then two or three years later start up your own thing and i've noticed that actually um young people that actually do that they follow a corporate then entrepreneurial route percentage wise they do they tend to do a little bit better than entrepreneurs that go straight into um, business directly and decide to exclude the corporate sense because the there's, there's a lot of value that comes with corporate they teach you structure they teach you you know how to be able to structure deals how to be able to do agreements you also form part of a lot of the different aspects of uh, of an ecosystem so some people won't actually experience that in a business setting because their business might be too small and it takes maybe five or six years before it expands and by the time it expands you're learning the same skills what you could have learned at 21 so i do believe that you need to look at circumstances also look at your financial positions i mean a lot of people can't afford to take the risk of being an entrepreneur because if you're looking at stats in south africa you know, out of the 100% of SMMEs that exist in South Africa, within two years, 80% of them fail. Now, that's a 20% success rate of them getting past a two-year, you know, period. Um, and the main reasons for that is because of high expenditure or also just not understanding how business works. So it's very important that you consider stats and you consider all of these different aspects before making a decision. It's nice to listen to a Robert Kiyosaki telling you, quit your job, you know, get out of corporate right now. They're slaving you. But when you quit your job and then you're in a worse position because you were never prepared for it, then that's worse. So I always think it's nice for you to understand that you'll never be financially free if you're in a corporate space, but it doesn't mean that you cannot learn skills from it first and then move on at a later stage. Fear and failure. Yeah. We know that the road to any success is riddled with failures along the way. And yet, failure is what most people are afraid of. Yeah. What is your biggest failure? Well, let's say top three failures. And I'd love you to, to just tell the story because what you guys don't realize is we've got a guy that's 26 years old, but he's also got 11 years of experience in business, which is a lot to say for most people. And instead of focusing so much, I'd love to know the biggest failure, but more importantly, how do you, how do you structure your mindset? to learn from the failures and derive the information that you need rather than just get disappointed and, and, and throw it all away. I've had, I've had 11 years of business experience, but I've had 11 years of failures. I've failed at, to every single success I've achieved. I have failed on average at least between 50 and 100 times. There's been 100 moments where it's either been a rejection or you've been passed on to someone else or you know those are those is those are situations that are real these are real life situations as an entrepreneur and people need to understand that you know it's not rosy as what you see on instagram where you know you're buying the latest bentley or a lamborghini and then the next week it's a new car it doesn't exist that way you go through a lot of different failures especially when you're young i mean at a later stage when your business is extremely established and you've already went through all of those failures then it's very possible for you to change your car every single two or three weeks but when you are a star up you know what i'm saying it's it's very difficult you must understand what entrepreneurship entails and that's the one thing that i feel in south africa that there's not enough exposure to that to that experience because you hear about what entrepreneurship could be and what's the benefits of it but no one tends to speak about all of those difficult moments i mean i live for um, talks, you know, when you speak at schools or, or at all of these different seminars, because it's nice to tell people like, yes, it's great you're seeing all of these great moments of people's lives, but best believe Vusit and Maguayo sat until three o'clock in the morning for weeks and weeks and weeks and got home and slept for two hours and woke up again and worked again for 24 hours. Um, 
you know, there's people like the president's son, for example. You, I mean, I follow him on Instagram. He, that guy sleeps when people are waking up for work. He sleeps. He sleeps for an hour and then he wakes up and joins them, you know. And that's the mindset that's actually involved with entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship is not easy. So, uh, you know, the whole fear of failure is something that we need to work on in South Africa. There's a stat out that says something like 68% of young people, you know, under the age of 35, they don't actually do well academically or they don't open up businesses because they are, they are scared of the fear of failure. They're scared of um, people around them ridiculing them. So, for example, they feel like if I have to start up a company and it doesn't do as well as I, as I speak about it, you're going to ridicule me and then I'm going to be embarrassed by it. So then they don't start it off at all. And that's a mindset that needs to change. It's purely a mindset issue. We need people to go out there and not be scared of failing. We need to fail forward. And that's a very important thing. You know, every time you fail, you're moving closer to success. And I think that's one of the fundamentals to um, growing a business is that, I mean, even today, we've probably failed about six times before. Before I got here you know and it just allowed us to now be six times better in our business because now we know what isn't good enough and what needs to improve and when I talk about failure I talk about every single aspect of your business the minute you don't succeed at something it's failure the minute something some email doesn't come through that you're waiting for the minute you don't get the call you want the minute you um trying to get hold of someone, but they're not available. That's failure. That's a failure in your business. You need to be so consistent on critiquing your business that if anyone else comes and says your business isn't good enough, you're like, yes, I remember that day. It's because of this, this, and this, and this. And that's the detailed level that you need to be on as an entrepreneur. So I want people to understand those aspects. It's very important. And to be obsessed yes. with what it is in the problem that you'd like to solve, the service that you'd like to offer, and in the spirit of encouraging more people to take those steps towards starting their own business, right? I mean, an idea these days is <laughs> everyone's got wonderful ideas. And, and, and if you had an idea today, I'd love to actually yeah. work through with this with you. How would you start a business if you had an idea today? So I think, okay, so if I have to look at it in the sense of like a complete, complete startup, now you right. just have your idea phase, right? So there's a lot of different aspects, and I don't know if you want to actually speak to camera right now, but I think, I think it's very important as young entrepreneurs that if you have an idea, understand that every single person next to you, around you, every single one of your friends in the last month have thought of a very smart idea. But like you said, implementation is where you differentiate between everyone else and actually starting to earn an income from it. So if you, wanna, if you have an idea, say for example, it's um, an, a brilliant idea in your mind, you need to then start off going through the process step by step, right? Which is number one is you need to be able to draft up some form of documentation around it. It's very important that you write down your idea so it makes sense to you first. So you write down you know, basic concepts about it, maybe explain the whole model in detail. Okay, this is what the business is all about. And it needs to be able to meet problem versus solution. So most businesses that succeed in the world come from an existing problem or a new problem that's about to, to come into play. That's why you'll see a lot of your entrepreneurs that do very well in business. It's normally a personal experience that they've actually suffered from. So they've actually had a personal problem and then they thought, oh wow, maybe this is the solution to it. So I would highly recommend that you first you know, critique your idea, write it down on a piece of paper, look at all the different aspects of it, understand the model. It needs to make sense to you. Think of what's the underlying problem there. What's the real issue? How many people is this problem gonna you know, be able to affect? And then if you find a solution, how many people are actually gonna be 
benefiting from this from this solution and that's very important because yes some people do very well with businesses that are niche but mass businesses do very well so if you end up getting a problem that affects maybe five million people now you're talking about something that can be scalable you know so you write down all of your information and then the next step is now you need to be able to draft it up into a model so now you sit down and look at you know people talk about business plans all that you need is just to be able to cover all the basic aspects of it um, practically an introduction of the of the business um, how the model is going to work what's the problem what's the solution how are you going to market it you know are you going to use social media you're going to use traditional media and then you look at okay cool how much of money do i actually need to start up this business so you'll have like a, a you know a funding projection in that sense whether you could do it without any funding or whether you're going to need investment or whether you're going to need like a subsidy or whatever it might be um, in that sense so these are all the different aspects that you need to look at when you're looking at starting up a business but what's also very important and what people don't look at is that you need to be able to speak to people around you you need to be able to survey the, the business idea don't give away your whole business idea just give away the model of what you're actually looking at trying to do and see how people respond to it but don't speak to people within your inner circle speak to completely random people who don't even know your name don't know where you're from because that also allows you to protect your IP of your business a lot of people would end up stealing your a friend might come on board and say wow this is actually really silly I think it's a very silly idea and then five weeks later you'll see them implementing something similar what happened to you? it happens on it happens so often it happens to friends of mine it happens to business partners and it happens to myself as well there's been situations where you'll go to a corporate company They'll sit down and they'll say, look, you know, it's, it's a great idea, but it's just not something that we're looking at right now. You know, maybe it might work in three or four years time. And then a month later, you'll see them implementing it on traditional media saying, or two months later, or three months later, this is our new concept, this brilliant, amazing concept. And then you just think to yourself, like, you know, you need to learn legally how to protect yourself as an entrepreneur. And that's important. And I suppose that's reading people. The skill set that it takes to do business is understanding the environment, being able to pitch the idea, being able to translate your concept from exactly what you wrote down famous elevator pitch all the way to you've got some serious time with someone. And I want to take it back to that market research because if we're going to inspire people here on this video to take action, so writing those things down, firstly, we know that people don't, don't make time for the things that are important. That idea is easy to speak about, it's easy to think about and daydream of perhaps when you're at work spending time. Uh, but taking action, Zarif. What, what, how would you motivate? Because I know you're a passionate person, but innately I think people can find a passion. People would like to take that step and believe in something, in which case, how do you actually structure your day? Is it, should, should people be putting time out in their diary to work on writing down a simple idea? I know we're not selling and making millions, which is a skill set, by the way, but really in the beginning. How would you encourage people to approach it if you're already in a normal lifestyle, wasting time, um, chatting ideas and just dream about the Instagram life, but more, more importantly, solving a problem? Yeah. So I think it also just works down on psychology and stats, right? So you'll sit down and say, okay, cool. I have a goal. What's the easiest way to achieve it? And there's different like tiers to it. So cool. 10% would be that you'll think about it. 30% is that you'll mention it. 
Um, 70% is where you write it down and you set it as a goal. So 70% of all of your goals that you want to achieve are achievable based on the fact that you're able to write it down. 90% goes on to actually doing it, like implementation. So the minute, um, for example, you want to start up a business, you start the business tomorrow. You actually literally sit down, you register a company right now and tomorrow the business starts and then you learn from there. That has a 90% success rate compared to just you know, telling people about it because you've implemented it. You've already skipped the first step where most people stop at. But I think the most important thing for me is that when you're looking at structuring your day, um, I use three different diaries. I use three different diaries to this day, traditional diaries where it's not online, it's physical diaries. And then I use like, um, you know, these different apps that you get, like planning apps. And these planning apps work very nicely when you have someone else on the other side working with you, for example, a business partner or an investor or a funder or whatever it might be. So there's things like Trello and Monday.com, which work very, very well in that sense. But in a personal setting, my three diaries are key. I, you know, the one diary literally notes every single year, the minute it's, it hits the 1st of Jan, there's already between 100 and 500 goals to achieve for the year. And it's practically just a scratch out process throughout the whole year. And if you don't meet at least, you know, 450 out of that 500 mm. goals, it's been a horrible year. And that's how I really believe. And I also believe in your day to day. So from seven o'clock, practically all the way up until 11 o'clock, you have a schedule, you know exactly what you're doing. Time is very important. People's time is very important. As an entrepreneur, you must understand, especially when you're a startup, your time is so important. You have to respect yourself and you have to be disciplined enough to understand that the minute you're late for a meeting, it's disrespectful. The minute you show up to a corporate setting or whatever it might be and you're five minutes late, you've already disadvantaged yourself. The minute you have a meeting with someone and you're late, you've disadvantaged yourself. So you need to be able to respect yourself enough to say, look, I know where this business is going to be. I'm motivated. I'm inspired. I know what I'm going to achieve. And then you go out there and live as if your business is already a billion rand company. And trust me, that's the mindset of a winner, without a doubt. And the third diary? So you had the accountability and motivational diary with all the goals that you have for that year and you tick it off. And like you said, if, if, if you aren't keeping up to date with that, it's a bad year. Then you've got day-to-day -day time management to the minute. And the third diary would be? So the third one is more of like a quotes diary. So you just use it to write down any important like events that are happening for the month. But most of it is predominantly quotes all around the diary. So it's more of like a fun diary that you use, but it actually inspires you all the time. It's a creative diary. Like a creative diary in that sense. And then obviously you use Trello and Monday.com for joint, you know, discussions about anything that needs to be done, what to do for today, to-do lists, what has been done, what still needs to be done. And then obviously it gets tracked among all of your different business partners so everyone's then aligned as to what's left to do for the day so it's quite nice now to the youngsters the 15 year olds out there that are saying if there's a somebody that did it at 15 I can do it I mean entrepreneurs are yeah. competitive by nature we yeah. know this it's a game it's an experience it's fun what would you say to them in getting it straight through to make it happen because I know that you wrote a book. So that was an experience in itself. How would you look at a 15 year old today and say, go experience and explore and take what you can from those experiences? I think, I think for me, the first thing when it comes to age, right, and age has always been a very touchy subject for me. And I've always spoke about this on every single interview is that I don't want anyone to ever feel the pressure of age. 
whether you're 65 or 70 or whether you're 6 or 10 or 12, like age doesn't matter in today's society. You can be at any age you want. You can start up a business at 70 and it can become extremely successful at 71. Um, while it can take someone, you know, they can be 12 years old and they can be building up this brand for 45 years and then only they hit like this golden stage in their life at 60 or whatever, or 50 or whatever it might be. So age is definitely not a factor to consider um, in, the, in that sense. In the sense of saying starting young, I completely agree with that. I wouldn't even say nowadays that being a 15 year old is good enough. I would say you need to start off at like seven years old or six years old. The minute you actually can have an Instagram account, that's where you see a lot of these celebrities these days are creating Instagram accounts for, for their kids. And they've already started building our brands for their kids, you know, so their kids now already earn sustainable income and they're not even six or five. Um, and that's, that's a mindset of adapting to what society is and what technology is. So you don't have to wait until you're 15 now to open up a clothing company. You can be six years old and have a YouTube channel, or you can be six years old and go into TikTok, you know? And that's the idea behind it. And I really want to encourage that mindset because that's the level that you need to be on. And in 15 or 20 years time, it's not going to be six, it's going to be four, and then it's going to be two, and then it's going to be kids that are not even born yet, you know? And that's the mindset because we need to adapt to what's happening in society. Um, um, age is such a limiting factor in South Africa, and I really want to speak about this. You know, sitting as a 15-year-old in a huge boardroom, and like you can feel people are not taking you seriously, right? The quality of your stuff is there, the content is there, the conversation you're having with them is the same conversation a 45-year-old person would have with them in relation to the structuring of an agreement, right? But because you're 15, it's done. There's no way that you make sense, right? And I think that needs to change in South Africa. I think um, corporates in particular, when they watch your channel and when business people who are much older watch your channel, they need to understand that innovation now comes from young people. And you don't necessarily need to look at age as a factor when considering the quality of content someone has or the quality of ideas that someone has. I mean, let's, let's, let's use the perfect example, right? Um, it's, it's what society wants. So. Fanta, for example, which is a huge um, subsidiary of the Coca-Cola brand, right? Fanta has their own amazing marketing strategy. They change their marketing strategy based on the fact that there's a guy out there called Lesizwe who has huge following, he's a huge comedian, and now let's make him our marketing manager of our company in South Africa because he'll be able to do A, B, and C for us. Now, that wasn't part of their marketing strategy 10 years ago, but they were you know, able to adapt to change. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's not about us as young people going out and saying, okay, cool, how do we make them change? They need to understand that it's going to change and they're going to be left behind if they don't change. So it's more of a, you don't want to be in a reactionary aspect you want to be in the other sense of being able to identify the issue and then sitting down and saying okay cool look if we want to keep our business running and making the profits that we're making we need to identify that now influencers are very important social media is very important TikTok's very important instagram is very important let's find an ambassador that's actually you know on these platforms to be able to come in in-house and that was very smart by fanta and i have to like commend them for that but i think like other companies need to start thinking in a similar route as well that is an amazing story, man. And if you look at the opportunities for people to do business in a world of today as it is, how would you give your opinion and advice to the viewers, especially the younger viewers, the entrepreneurs, the bidding entrepreneurs on entitlement? Because sometimes I think there's a confusion because it's not just about being an influencer. These yeah. guys are wonderful entrepreneurs that have a good head on them yeah. and think to partner 
and, and, and add value to the brand in whatever that um, objective is that needs to be achieved. And a lot of people can kind of miss that entire value that needs to be added in the, in the partnership and lead through with entitlement because I have this or because I have an amazing idea. What's your opinion on entitlement? In I, think, I think I share the same sentiments as like Avusita Maguayo, who feels exactly what I feel. I feel that the general public in South Africa, and with no disrespect to anyone out there, it's just an objective observation, is that our South African public have a sense of entitlement in, embedded in them unfortunately, um, young people under the age of 35. We feel like the government owes us things, we feel that society owes us things, we feel that we deserve that corporate job, that corporate job is our, our job. So I think it's really important that we understand that, you know, we feel as young people, and I'm saying we because I'm talking about young people in South Africa, we feel entitled that the government owes us things, we feel that corporates supposed to give us these job opportunities it's meant for us if we don't get it something's wrong you know the, the whole idea of working hard and trying to achieve something and being humble isn't necessarily in the south in the general south african person when you're looking at what vusi said and vusi says but you look at our neighbors and you look at someone like, like a zimbabwe or tanzania or, or zambia the whole mindset of why they become so successful in South Africa. They can, a, a young entrepreneur from Zambia can come to South Africa with absolutely nothing. But the fact that they humble and they work 24 hours a day, understanding that nothing's guaranteed for them, makes them become successful very quickly. If our young people actually had that mindset where you know, they understood a similar mindset to what like a Tanzanian young entrepreneur has or a Zambian young entrepreneur has, I believe because of the different availabilities that they have in relation to stuff that can assist them in South Africa, be it triple B compliance or whatever it might be, you know, they can achieve so much more in a country of their own. So I think we need to change that mindset. We need to get rid of the mindset of um, being entitled. It happens at university level. It happens as a young entrepreneur. You feel like people have to give you business. No one has to give you business. It's your own job to go out there and get business. You need to be as innovative as you can. You need to be working as many hours as you can. You should never allow the ball to be in your court. A lot of them will be sitting down and having a meeting, for example. And you know, now maybe, for example, someone's waiting for a response back from them and they'll take a week or two weeks and then, then send back a response back to someone and then wonder why did they that, you know, opportunity disappeared. The opportunity disappeared in that two-week space that you've actually wasted. So, you know, these are the type of lessons that I would like to, you know, push on and, and, and speak about when young people consider, you know, the entitlement aspect and how can we get rid of it in South Africa. 100%, man. And this is all inwards in personal development and applying yourself and, and believing yourself and partnering that belief with up leveling up your skill set. And I mean, one of the skill sets is personal finance, right? And a lot of the things that we've covered so far uh, talk to the ability of risk, uh, the timing of when you're ready to step into entrepreneurship. If you are uh, seeing as it's easy to start uh, producing alternate streams of income as a pure entrepreneur or a self-employed person or finding a side hustle and an alternate stream of income. But in terms of that backing, in, in your case, the legal degree, that safety net. A lot of people need to start building up in their personal finance, leveling up their understanding of their, call it financial planning, but more habits, mindset, education around money not, and entrepreneurship. And one of the concepts is an emergency fund or having enough savings through investments or however it might be to, to start moving forward. And in your personal finance, and uh, 
don't want to share the big bank balances and big zeros. Um, but how important was that for you throughout the journey, yeah. through the failures, through the growth of having control over your finances? I know you did uh, have a lot of spending sprees. At what point did that click for you? So I think, uh, I think it's very important to admit as an entrepreneur that, and it's another thing that's also been seen in a wrong perspective on social media, is that you go through a roller coaster ride as an entrepreneur. So when you start up your business, there'll be a point where three months into the business, hypothetically speaking, you'll end up doing an amazing transaction. And, you know, the inconsistency of the fact of being an entrepreneur is the reason why most SMMEs fail in South Africa. So you end up doing a really amazing transaction. And what most young people do as entrepreneurs is that they level up their lifestyle according to that transaction, not taking into consideration that what's the consistency of those transactions. So, you know, that's the one thing I, I really want to teach um, entrepreneurs because I made that same mistake when I was young. When I was 15, 16, 17, you know, you're sitting down and you're like, cool, we're we working with corporates, you're in high school, like, you know, it's just going to go higher and higher and higher from here. Um, and then there hits a dip where corporates are no longer interested in that market because that market was relevant for a certain space of time. So consistency is very important. Understanding the ability of, you know, when it comes to your personal finance, you need to understand what your business earns. You need to understand how consistent is that income. Is that income a monthly thing or is it a once-off thing? And then it goes, it lowers and increases. Is it volatile? Does it depend on the roller coaster format? You need to be able to understand your personal finances based on your businesses and also understand how you spend your money a lot of people spend their money in a really bad way yeah so in other words you'll end up making good money within a week most of that money is gone and that's what happens in the corporate space as well so you'll get people will get paid at towards the end of the month towards the first week of the next month they've already you know struggling and waiting on until the next month's pay so we need to change the way people save money we need to change the way people invest money saving money i mean saving money today is really not the be all and end all. It's about how you invest the money that you have available to you. Um, understanding the different concepts of when you have liquid money, what to do with that money. Understanding what's the difference between um, favorable assets and understanding that not all debt is bad debt, you know, and teaching people all of these different skills. But I think one of the most important things as an entrepreneur, and I'm touching back on it, is that you will go through roller coaster rides, especially when you're starting up a startup business or a new business. So you must be able to account for those things. I've made mistakes, like I said, at 15, 16, 17, and again, like two years ago as well. You know, you sit down and you think, okay, cool, these big transactions are coming into play. So you can spend money knowing that money is going to be coming in and, and it so happens, and this is how life works, is that um, the minute you spend the money, those transactions suddenly just collapse completely. And now you're in a position where your cash flow is being affected. And now you have to consider, oh, wait, but now you know, I've just made these purchases based on you know, future income that's coming in, that's no longer coming in anymore. How do we account for this? So as an entrepreneur, it's important, you know? And I suppose it's the, the, the ability or the necessity to separate business money yes. from personal money. Without a doubt, yeah. And I think that's something I didn't cover here as well. And I think that's something you should emphasize a lot on your channel is that you have to be very strategic and very disciplined when it comes to the fact that you're an actual employee of your own company and you earn a salary from your company, be it a salary monthly and then dividends towards the end of the year or whatever it might be. But you actually employed to your company and the company's money and your money are two different things. When you're young, you make those mistakes. I've made it myself without a doubt on numerous occasions. 
And if you were to give one small piece of advice to address that to the yeah. person sitting there saying, I'm learning a lot, and they take those steps and it'll come to that point where they start hit that first transaction and all of a sudden the theory goes out of their mind. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it's just forgetting the whole concept of the Instagram lifestyle. You know, you don't need to go and spend money on flashy clothes or flashy cars. Rather invest your money in things that are going to actually bring in more income for you. So always consider um, starting up a secondary business or investing in stocks or, you know, looking at something else along those lines, maybe saving up for a property that you want, but doing it in a way where it's best for you, you know, instead of going out and buying, I mean, people buy ridiculous things these days. You can buy like a 100,000 in LV bag instead of sticking that 100,000 in and starting up a secondary business, you know, because it doesn't cost you that much to, to start up a, a, a good business that would make good income, you know, so um, it's just that whole idea behind it. It's just like, thinking about long-term and not just thinking about now. And understand that the minute that first transaction comes through, how life works is that you've just reached a success. So expect another 50 failures to come in place before the next success you know, propels you to the next level. And that's one of the secrets to life. And you have to understand that. And a lot of successful people understand that the roller coaster is, an, is a consistent thing about life. So you will go through a success, hit 50 failures, get onto another level of success, hit 50 failures, get onto a higher level of success. And that's how life works. It's, it's absolutely true, guys. To end off, what is your favorite video on the channel Money Talks um, that really stood out to you? So I think I've enjoyed your content quite a bit. Um, I've watched a lot of your videos. I love the MAPS video. Congratulations to MAPS as well on all the work that he's doing, the success that he has as well. You know, I'm, I'm, he's like a big brother to me. I've learned so much from MAPS. Um, but away from that, I think also just the type of content that you provide is incredible and that's great and it's beautiful content. But the minute you reached a thousand subs and you did that um, <laughs> amazing jump off a wall, that was really cool. Well, we had a chat behind the scenes here about what happens when we reach 2,000, 3,000 and uh, the levels of which this, uh, these types of videos to say thank you to you guys uh, is going to play out and look out for that in the future. It involves a plane, guys. Just understand, a plane and jumping out of it. Okay, I kind of gave it away. That was a horrible oh. moment. <laughs> Zarif, my brother, I really appreciate this time and you've dropped some serious bombs. You've just reinforced what it takes to just be where you are in your journey and I know that this guy is not done and I can't wait to see every success of in your ventures moving forward and however it plays out seeing you back on the channel at a later stage to continuously drop those bombs for the people going up thank you very much for coming I really appreciate it Thank you so much for having me. And I think I'm going to do the conventional YouTube thing now. Guys, please follow the channel and also just click on the bell icon below so that you get notifications.